We will be reading from Isaiah chapter 40, and I will read from verse 21. Isaiah chapter 40, starting at verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who, who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is God's word. If you're joining us, is that then our third and uh, last look at um, Isaiah 40? Um, we'll carry on until uh, chapter 48 uh, this term. But uh, three weeks in Isaiah 40, uh, many, of you, many of you have commented, oh, this is like my favorite chapter in the Bible. I know, I'm sorry. Um, you know, there's, you know, it's hard to add anything as a preacher to the glories of Isaiah chapter 40. But let's pray and we'll look at it together. Father, we, we recognize very quickly weariness and add frustration with you at points, our bewilderment at your ways at times. But now, Father, we say, please, would we see you? Would we recognize who you are? And would that truly put strength in our weary souls, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So verses 27 to 31, the Lord gives strength to the weary. I, I have to know that. I need to know that, don't you? God strengthens the weary. You have to know that. Uh, Phil commented in the week, oh yeah, you know, the, uh, oh, it's good, good verse, aren't they? I remember a few years ago, I mean, doing a half marathon in uh, up New York, up, Upper State New York, uh, Adirondack Mountains, is that right? Okay, pronunciation. I mean, it must have been a long year, long time ago, actually, must have been. The, um, um, uh, sorry. Uh, but he said he was, he was doing this half marathon uh, in, in the mountains, and uh, as, a, as a young man, he jumped like a gazelle up this mountain path, and I went past this old lad, old man, who had these verses uh, on the back of his T-shirt, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, they'll soar on wings like eagles. 
And uh, Phil said, oh, good, good on you. Nice to see a Bible verse. Uh, the chap said, yeah, yeah, the wings, they're still flapping. Just a little more slowly these days, <laughs> which I thought was very lovely. Now, I'm sure the, the guy was a Christian man, and I'm sure he knew these verses are not, they're not primarily written to marathon or half marathon runners, right? They're not talking about a physical weariness. It's not that, um, you know, I'm going to go for a 10K run tomorrow, and when I get tired, I'll just recite these verses over and over to myself, and then my pace will pick up again, and I'll be able to run much faster. He's not saying that. But a spiritual or emotional Weariness, but spiritually, those wearied by circumstances, those asking the question, Lord, how can you let this happen? Why don't you jump in here and stop this? Why would you allow this to happen? In the very broadest sense, beyond, I guess, the application here, but why would you? permit an earthquake to kill 20,000 plus people? Why don't you step in? Or I guess more acutely for the setting we find ourselves in here, why would you allow your national church to abandon the truth? Why would you do that? It seems to make no sense to us. Or the more personal, why would you allow my family member to die, my child to get sick? for our family to endure this. Why would you allow that? Why would you not step in there? And Isaiah 40 is here to remind us that God will give you the resources to keep going in those circumstances of bewilderment, bafflement. He'll give you the resources to keep going. This question, uh, why doesn't God take action to put something right, is not unique to our time, of course. Uh, as I say, our third and final look at, the, uh, at Isaiah chapter 40, God's people in this setting, they've been uh, invaded, uh, their country has been smashed, destroyed, they've been taken into exile, uh, they're, they're captives there, life has gone horrifically wrong, they're broken, they're bewildered, and they're asking, does God care for us? So verse 27 reveals the setting or why you get Isaiah chapter 40. The Lord says, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you see the question? Why do you say, Israel, God doesn't care? God doesn't see me. God isn't interested in me. But Isaiah 40 is saying, why would you say that? Because God does care deeply. But we'll look at it like this. We'll look at the complaint of the weary, the fact that God never wearies, and then he gives strength to the weary. Okay? The complaint of the weary, God never wearies, he gives strength to the weary. Let's work through it. First then, let's look at uh, it's some realism and honesty here. Verse 27, the complaint. The complaint of the weary. So we had it read there, uh, verse 27. Now this why do you complain? It has a sort of ongoing sense. Why do, you, why do you keep on complaining? Why do you continue to say? This is their prevailing mood. It's not that just an idle moment, they've let their guard down. This is, you keep on saying this sort of stuff. Why do you keep on saying God doesn't care? But I think the language suggests a, a struggling faith rather than 
their faith is sort of angry or they've given up. They do say, uh, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause, cause is disregarded by my God. Lord, my God. They're still believers, but they're just bewildered by what's happening. My way is hidden from him. Way has a sense of my, um, uh, my daily business, my pattern of life. What I'm, you know, what's happening from nine to five and beyond, what, what my week looks like is hidden from the Lord. He doesn't seem to care about the details of life. My cause is disregarded by my God. It's okay. My justice, my well-being, someone know mishpat is a very significant word in the Old Testament, justice. Uh, it's a big word in the book of Isaiah, 43 times, I think. Justice, justice, justice. The, the great promise of the book of Isaiah is the Messiah will come and bring justice, cause. That's what's being spoken of here. And if you turn over a page, you can see just in on the beginning of chapter 42, you see it loads. Um, chapter 42, verses what, uh, uh, one, to, 1 to 4. I won't read it all. But the promise when the servant, when the Messiah, when Jesus comes, he will bring justice to the nations he will bring forth justice, verse 3. He will establish justice, verse 4. It's the same word here as in chapter 40, verse 27. My cause is disregarded. That It's not fair. So God doesn't care about the details of my life. And just in a, in a sort of broader sense, the way he set things up, it's not right. It's not fair. It's not just. And yet God says throughout the book of Isaiah, I will bring justice. So this is quite a serious complaint. I think that it's the complaint of believers, but you don't care about the details of my life. And also, the way you've set up what the world, it's not right, it's not just, it's not fair. It's a significant complaint that they're making. God, are you not good? No, I think there's honesty in that. I remember years ago being um, helped a lot. Um, uh, the C.S. Lewis book he wrote upon the death of his wife, uh, Joy, A Grief Observed. Uh, he has this passage in there about, you know, it's, it's a really great book to read, full stop. But uh, how he processed emotionally and as a believer his distress at the early death of his wife. And um, he, he put it in these terms. No one ever told me that grief felt so much like fear. It's not that I'm afraid, but, but the sensation feels like being afraid. I don't think I'm in danger of ceasing to believe in God. The real danger is of coming to believe dreadful things about him. I'm not going to say, ah, oh, there's no God after all. But I might say, huh, God's like this. He's not good, is he? And I think there's honesty in that. And the book is about him grappling with that and coming through the other side. I'm not going to say there's no God. I've just, you know, I can't do that. But am I going to come to the conclusion, I'm nervous, I'm going to think, oh, uh, is he good? And I think that's the people here. Okay, we know there's a God, but is he for us? Is he good? Is he just? I don't know. This, the, the way the world operates and the way it's affecting us right now, I'm not so sure about that. Don't you care, Lord? 
the, the names are quite intriguing. Verse 27, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel? If you know your Old Testament, back in Genesis, uh, it's the same person, just given two different names. So when you meet Jacob, he is the, the schemer who trusts his own thinking, who is deceitful and lies and doesn't trust the Lord, but eventually matures into Israel, who is able to rely upon God. And so I think the double name here is, is where are you going to go? <laughs> are you going to be like Jacob and just trust yourself and refuse to trust me? Or are you going to be mature Israel who says, yeah, life's complicated, but there's no other place to go but the Lord. I think that's what's going on. But the situation in the world, more acutely the circumstances of our life, the apparent unfairness of it all, it can be tiring. Just exhausting. I mean, at a national level, I, think I found the last few weeks in the Church of England really, really exhausting. I know it's sort of, I have to think about it and it affects me more quickly than, than some. I, I, so, and it's not personal, and it's, it's not a family concern, but God, this is exhausting. Distress in your life, anxiety over kids, siblings, family members, Exhausting. Broken night's sleep, yeah, whatever. I mean, they, they get you down and they grind you down. But the emotional burdens, oh, that's much more exhausting. Take longer to recover from, I think. So I'm not knocking. Broken night's sleep gets you down. It really does get you down. If it goes on a long time, I do know that. Um, but why bother trusting in God, I guess, is the question here. So here's a... A realistic text, I think, verse 27. People saying, God has let us down. And we can easily feel that way when you find the, the lump in the breast, the child going haywire, the care of elderly parents that just <laughs> exhausts you, work unreasonably demanding. God, do you care? Do you care what's going on? That's the complaint of the weary. But in response, you get the God who never wearies. Verses 28 and 29, the God who never wearies. So I think verse 28 is meant to have a sense of incredulity to it. You know, you say, oh, does God not care? Verse 28, hold on a minute. I, hello? Do, do you not know? Have you not heard? Do you, I think you've forgotten who God is. He is the everlasting God. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He'll not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Hello, do you remember who your God is? I know you're feeling tired, but look who's on your side. It's okay, is the sense of it, I think. It's the same question we had earlier in verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? You know who God is, don't you? And... Um, uh, here you get five things stressed. Uh, the first, he's the everlasting God. The Lord is the everlasting God. We are not everlasting. Have you observed that? We come, we go. That's humanity. We are um, locked at a moment in time, and we can read about all sorts of things, but certainly can't hold together in our heads the entirety of time. I listened off and on to, uh, to one podcast. It's called The Rex Factor. Do you see what they've done there? The Rex Factor about the kings of England and, uh, and queens. And um, uh, there are a lot. 
And, you know, I, I did a history degree. I was a history teacher. History, obviously, it starts in 1066, right? Um, in, in the UK, I mean, that's just, that's just, you know, that's just when it begins, when our benevolent French neighbours come and improve the country, um, uh, with the courtesy of William the Conqueror. The, um, and then you listen to the Rex Factor and think, wow, there are 14 kings before we get to 1066. I'd heard of three of them. There are 11 I hadn't even heard of. And you think, I know nothing about the history of one country. The Lord is everlasting outside of time. He knows absolutely everything. You can trust him. He sees it all. He is, as we said in other weeks, just other. He does not operate to your timetable or mine. His timetable has a lot more dates in it. He's the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth, uh, is the second thing stressed about him. Um, I don't know how many ends of the earth you've been to, uh, how many different places. I think that the, the um, uh, one family who used to be here, the, 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 uh, the husband, uh, William, I think I remember rightly, he, rec- he said he'd been to 164 countries of the, I think it's currently 195, but you know, there's always one or two sort of questioning. But 164 countries, I mean, on one hand you go, wow, that's really impressive, to which he would say, a lot of them you really don't want to go to. Um, and he worked in the oil industry. And sort of the, uh, the only other person I know who's anywhere near close works in the military and is, again would say, a lot of them you don't want to go to. Um, so it's sort of impressive, if you like sitting on an airplane, but you know, most, the people who've been to these places. But uh, I mean, how many have you been to? I look around, one or two of, of you know, well, you know, when I did this job, I, did, yeah, I know, I know, uh, you've been around, but, um, how, you know, even, how many have you been to in Africa? 50, have you hit 54 in Africa? Um, a lot of places. The Lord is not just visited the ends of the earth. He's created everything, made all places, is in all places, cares for all places. He's the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. Uh, he never tires. Again, we get into things. He doesn't have the same limitations as you and me. He will not grow tired or weary. You can't tire him out. Children, you can tire out eventually. Dogs, you can tire out Eventually, just keep throwing something stupid and letting them run. The, um, uh, you can't tire out the Lord. What do you, you can, what are you talking about? There's no limit to his energy. To tire out the Lord is like trying to chop up Mount Everest with a feather duster. You'd be there a long time and would get nowhere. You can't tire him out. He never tires. Fourth thing, his wisdom is beyond us. His understanding no one can fathom. The wisdom of humanity is good. I mean, it's good, but you can get most of it on here, can't you? Most of the wisdom of humanity you can put in a small little box these days. God's wisdom is unfathomable. What does that even mean? It means you can't get your head round it. But what does that mean? Look, just shh. Um, you can't. He knows everything about everyone and every place. If you could in some bizarre, unpleasant, sci-fi, 
experiment connect everyone's brains upon the planet. I mean, um, but um, there'd be quite a lot of knowledge, but not even 0.001% of what the Lord knows. His wisdom is unfathomable. So when we say and complain, I don't understand your decision, Lord, he says, why would you think you understand my decisions? You know who I am, right? I'm the Lord. I'm completely different to you. He's everlasting. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He never tires. His wisdom is beyond us. And the last thing, he strengthens people. Uh, Grammatically, it's one of his attributes. He's the strength giver. He has a vast, endless supply of excess energy which he gives. Again, he gives and he gives and he gives. There is no end. He is the spring that never dries up. He is the sun that never stops shining, the star that never stops gleaming. He just never, ever runs out. So you see, there's quite a lot of contrasts here, those five attributes of the Lord stressed. We're locked in time. He's eternal, beyond time. We're local in our thinking. We can grasp one or two things. He has an absolutely global vision. We grow tired. He is boundless energy. We get confused. He has wisdom which is unfathomable. We need refreshing. He is endless refreshment. God, do you not care about my life? Do you not know who I am? He says. You have remembered, haven't you? You have heard what I'm like. Of course I care. I'm just very different to you, beyond you. And yet I come down to you. So look, uh, there's the complaint of the weary, the, uh, the, the God who never wearies. And last, he gives strength to the weary. This is what he does. He gives strength to the weary. Verses 30 and 31. Even the fittest conk out. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. So the, the, the young men, the, uh, the youths, yeah, they stumble and fall. I mean, it always, something sobering is that particularly, you know, when you get 40s, 50s, and professional athletes say, yeah, well, I know my body can't cope anymore. It's time to retire because... I've just, I'm just darn age 34. <laughs> so professional athletes are like, oh, okay. Um, you know, the, they are the fittest that they conk out. We all conk out. Everyone gets tired eventually. These, these words, tired and weary, even youths grow tired and weary. You can see weary is sort of four times in our little text, tired uh, a couple of times here. They have a slightly different sense to them. You can overstate it, but tired verse 30, um, has a sense of um, ground down by the hardness of life. I'm tired by the weight of life. Weary has more of a sense of, I I haven't got the inner resources to cope. But there's two slightly complementary pictures. Those who are a bit exhausted by life and actually just don't think they've got anything left in the tank. He gives strength. That's what he does. Verse 31, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 
and you get these two sort of complementary pictures. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. And then I think a second picture is they'll walk and not be faint. So they'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. That's the sort of magnificent picture. You know, the, the eagle, what is the, the, the vast golden eagle with its, uh, its wingspan is two and a half meters plus the biggest ones. I mean, that's bigger than me. Um, it's terrifying if the thing is coming at you. But of course, the picture is they look you watch your Attenborough, your National Geographic, whatever, these eagles, it looks effortless because they just, they're on thermals. You know, they just, they know how to avail themselves of the strength that's there. So it looks all very easy, these vast eagles soaring on thermals. And again, here is the promise that yeah, we lack the resources, but we can keep going or soar on the strength that God gives. He is the strength giver. Now at this moment, because I'm sort of inclined towards mild cynicism, I think, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It doesn't feel like that very often. I don't often feel like I am soaring, like an eagle. Um, I know. But there is another picture as well. Verse 31, and it's a bit more prosaic. They'll walk and not be faint. Uh, and you think, well, that's an anticlimax. I like soaring like an eagle. Yes. Walking and not conking out. Well, you know, it's a little, little underwhelming, isn't it? Well, I think they're, they're meant to go together. I think here's real life. God will keep you going. The strength that God gives, I think it, it's rarely like, Oh, there's a there's a sort of triple espresso, and now woo, and now I've got I've got like a turbo. I oh, know I was I was sort of stumbling on in the month of January, but all of a sudden I've hit February, and um, I'm just there. We go, Lord. There's Isaiah 40 in action. I just don't think it's like that. Often, he just keeps you going. Life is complicated. There are hardships, there are burdens. You think, oh, I haven't got the resources. And he keeps you going. He keeps you going. You just keep walking without fainting. The divine supply comes. Now, okay, how do I avail myself of the thermals? Let's be honest, often it's not complicated. We know to stop thinking that God doesn't care and remember who he is. There's some pretty basic ABCs, right? We look at him, we go to him, we pray to him, we listen to him in the scriptures. Quite often, I think, particularly when we're at our weakest, the strength comes through other people. Don't be so super spiritual that you don't think this happens, that you think this happens on your own. Often it's through God's people. These verses, back in March 2020, um, you know, COVID, uh, a, a good friend who's a hospital consultant, uh, he messaged and said, hey, look, uh, I'm about to go in for my first shift in uh, A&E since COVID has sort of really taken over the hospital. I'm feeling a bit daunted. Can you, 
can you do me a favor? For the next 10 weeks in particular, can you just give me a verse at the beginning of every week uh, just so I can memorize and just, you know, that'll help and I'll know you're praying for me because I just, and I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And instinctively, I, I, I reached for these and, and um, sent him Isaiah 40 verses 28 to 31. And uh, he replied, yeah, thanks, great. It's a bit long, to be honest. Um, like, something easier to memorize would, would, would help. All right, all right. Um, how about just 30 in the first bit of 31? Young youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And how about just do that? Yeah, all right, I'll do that. I can, do it. Get, I can get my head around that. The rest is too much. Yeah, right. um, you know, sometimes you just need someone else to give you what you know about the Lord to keep you going. And I'm sure we all know that experience. I look over dramatic. I've found the last few weeks tiring, particularly in relation to the Church of England. And strength comes through little notes you get from others, knowing that others are standing up as well, seeing people make brave speeches when they know they get attacked for them, seeing people go online and be bold when you know they're going to, they know they're going to take all sorts of flack and abuse. Sometimes it's others. You know, it is others. And in our personal trials, it's others quite often coming alongside that stop us from stumbling. Because what we're to do is very obvious, verse 31. What's the, the qualification to renew your strength? Verse 31. Those who hope in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. That is what we're to do, hope in the Lord. It's an active hope. It's not passive. It's not just uh, hoping, twiddling the thumbs, hoping that, I don't know, whatever the doctor will call, hoping that, you know, something comes through the post this week. It's active. It's living in the gap between God's promise of Jesus returning and him actually coming back again. It's I know that Jesus will return and will bring a world of perfect mishpat, justice, well-being. My cause will be evidently, demonstrably upheld. I know he's coming. I know that. But I'm not there yet. <laughs> We're not there yet. But I'm looking forward to that. There's strength in that. There's strength in knowing who God is. He will get us to that because he's irresistible in his power. And of course, we read these words. It's hard not to read them and also think that when Jesus walked the planet the first time, he says famously in words of Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you what rest. And there's still those substances of burdened by life, weary, I'm conking out. I haven't got the resources. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. It is the most beautiful expression, isn't it? <laughs> You'll find rest for your souls. Jesus, I do feel weary. I do feel burdened. Come to me. Learn from me. Come to me for salvation. Yes, I trust you for that. Come to me knowing that I will bring in a world of 
justice. Yeah, I can trust you for that. Come to me and know that I'll give you the strength to keep going so you don't stumble, you don't fall. Trust him. He'll keep you going. It is very easy for you and I to say, Lord, I am knackered. And um, nothing seems to change. And uh, a miracle will be nice. Yeah, a little bit of soaring. I mean, just a week or maybe a year. Can I just have a year off, be exhausted, and have a, a year of soaring? That'd be awesome. That'd keep me going for the next few. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He'll give you the strength you need. It isn't physical, young men collapse, but spiritual, emotional, he'll keep you going. But you do know who he is, right? You have heard who he is. You've not forgotten that your God is the everlasting God. He's not limited like you and me. He's not restricted in his time or abilities. Come to the everlasting God. He's got plenty of energy to give you. Keep coming back to him. Let's pray together. Father, here is just wonderful truth that we need to hear. Lord, we're physical creatures. Of course, there's things to do. we need to do. We need to go to bed. We need to get enough sleep. We need to be wise in how we live our lives. But sometimes, Father, there are circumstances, despite all that, that just get us down, and we think, I can't keep going. And why does the Lord put me through this? Father, it's very natural to be wearied in this fallen world. But would we remember who you are? We have heard... We have been told that you are the everlasting God, that you came down in the Lord Jesus and have promised rest for our souls, rest for the weary and burdened. So, Father, would we avail ourselves of that? Yes, sometimes through others, but would we keep looking to you? Would we remember who you are and not stumble? We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.